What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You are listening to episode 70 and I am here tonight four days before the start of the Detroit Red Wings season with Ryan and Tyler. How are you fellas doing tonight? I am living. Hockey is about to be back. One at a time, please. <laughs> it's excitement. It, it's, uh, we're, we're very excited. Hockey is about to be back. I'm about to be in Michigan. Uh, Woo! I am so excited. You guys have no idea. And, like, it feels weird to be previewing what's what's about to happen. There's about to be a game that we're, we're going to be watching in a few nights. And it's unbelievable. Sadly, some of the people we want to be watching are probably not going to be playing. <laughs> this might be the first time ever I invest in AHL TV. Yeah, 60 bucks. Uh, if you don't have it, 60 bucks for AHL TV, you get all the Griffins games. And you don't have to watch them live uh, they archive them, so you can go back and watch them later, which is actually a really, really good deal. And I'm probably going to pick that up just to watch Joe Valeno play. So we'll see how that's going. But tonight we do have a, a bit of a show. We're going to. I'm doing great, by the way. Thanks. I mean, you started talking. Tyler interrupted <laughs> you, and then I forgot you existed. So, uh, Ryan, how are you? No, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm drinking scotch, talking hockey. Hockey starts tomorrow officially. Not for Detroit, but anyways, continue. I didn't mean to interrupt. So sorry. Thank you. So, yeah, uh, the Red Wings will be playing in four days. We have a uh, a complete 23-man roster. Uh, there were some cuts made. We have a couple injuries that may affect the first few games of the season, but hopefully not. But I think we'll just jump in first and talk about the, the cuts that were made and, and where I think there was a really important point. So everyone who we wanted to stick around got cut, of course. Uh, Valeno uh, got sent to Grand Rapids. Uh, Zadina got sent to Grand Rapids. But I think the important one, and it was a last-minute send-down, which to me means a lot, was Cider. So I knew we all said it was an extreme long shot for Cider to make the team. He probably wasn't going to. and to, But to be like the officially the last one sent down, I think shows that he is a lot closer than a lot of people may think he is. And I mean, that's not saying much. A lot of people think that that he could jump in and play right now, but I think being the last one sent down really proves that this kid will be up either later this year or, or definitely full-time next season. Oh, totally. I think that I can't find the quote, but I remember seeing that Blaschel had extremely high praise for how Cider performed in throughout the preseason in camp and so on and so forth. And if we don't see him at some point this year, it means he had either an injury or an extreme setback trying to relate his game to the AHL style and small, smaller ice because, I mean, we talked about it a couple of different times through text and whatnot. He was one of the best defensemen on the ice. You could tell that he was still very young. He made those kid mistakes. He's 18 friggin' years old, so mistakes are going to happen. But when he had the puck, as uh, many have said, the German Lindstrom showed up because he was so smooth. He made plays you wouldn't expect of, I mean, of an 18-year-old kid. Granted, he was a top six pick. But Grand Rapids, him going there, it's just exciting to think about. The Red Wings roster, not so much. But the Grand Rapids roster, that chemistry starts getting built and all these guys come up in the next two years. Whew. Yes. 
Well, if you remember how it was built in Tampa Bay when Eisenman first took over, there was I I couldn't tell you all the players that were in the AHL at that time, but I'll tell you Palat and Johnson and all those guys when when they were all together and they actually ended up playing Grand Rapids, I believe it was in in the Calder Cup Finals, and you saw those Tampa Bay players a year later in the you saw those Syracuse players. In the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs the next year. And Tampa Bay has never really looked back besides getting swept in the first round last year <laughs> after having a tremendous season. But, I mean, Mo Sider was unbelievable. He's going to be one of the guys that's going to be called up if there's an injury. And, and he's not just going to come up and play on the third D pair. They're going to play him um, – significant minutes if he comes up they're gonna they're gonna push him to the limit and they should um i don't know that he'll go past eight games i don't think it, it makes sense for him to go past eight games unless he's really dominating the ahl then then you know if you feel like he can help you in the nhl level and you really want to burn that first year then i guess go ahead and do it but it just tells me not even just cider but all the other guys as well Bellino, Zadina. It just tells me number one that they're they're close, but they're not there just yet, and they weren't good enough to to beat out anybody for spots. And even even if they were, there just wasn't enough spots out there for them for them to take. Yeah, I think I think it's that's partially right. I I would have played Cider over. I mean, I would have waved Erickson and played Cider. I would have waved Daly and played Cider. But that I think is beside the point. Uh, Cider will get more minutes in more danger situations and high pressure situations in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. He'll get he'll get time to lead a team. He'll learn from some veteran guys. Power play time. Yeah, and even if it moves up, I'm not sure they are worried too much about burning a year of Cider's ELC simply because he is not eligible for the Seattle expansion anyways. So I'm oh. I wouldn't really worry about burning a year of his ELC, but but Ryan, you said you got the Blashel quote. Yeah, so this is just recently posted, Dano Kiji through RedWings.com. Uh, what stood out to me from Blashel talking about cider was this quote: "I don't think he needs a lot of direction." To to be dead honest with you, I think he'll figure it out because he's so so hockey smart. What he can get get away with, what he can't get away with. There was times where he'd have an opportunity to make a play on a breakout. He'd almost let the forechecker come to him because when you're playing against maybe all your own age, you can spin off him and now you you suck somebody in. But those are situations he'll, he'll learn. He's got to move the puck quicker. He shows lots of signs of lots of smart things. He's going to be a really, really good player, and, and let's make sure we let it run its course. So to me right there, that shows why, for one, like you said, he was one of the last ones sent down. But two, it's not going to be long before we see him in Detroit. Sorry, Grand Rapids folks. You guys don't get to have all the fun. Um, it, it's And it just makes for an exciting time. I mean, we've hit over and over. The next two years are going to be huge. And even though our shock has finally worn off of him getting pick six overall, it's there's potential there for this to be a very well-rounded roster here in the very near future. I think that Cider and he he's well deserved of that sixth overall spot uh, mm-hmm. that he was picked. And I guess it's just Iserman showed everyone wrong and, and knew what he was doing. So I think we're going to go forward though, past Cider because we all know what Cider is and what Cider is going to be, but let's move on to the actual opening night roster of guys. 
that, that are going to be on the actual team. Your forwards for opening night are Dylan Larkin, Franz Nielsen. Well, I should say Dylan Larkin, asterisk, Franz Nielsen, Justin Ablicator, Darren Helm, Anthony Mantha, Andreas Athanasiu, asterisk, Valtteri Fopola, Luke Glendening, Tyler Bertuzzi, Adam Ernie, Taro Hirose, Jacob De La Rose, and Christopher N. Your defense is Mike Green, Danny DeKaiser, Jonathan Erickson, asterisk, Trevor Daly, Patrick Nemeth, Madison Bowie, and Dennis Chalowski. So, and you missed uh, and Philip Heronic. There you go. The asterisks in Larkin and Athanasiu and Erickson are that they, I think definitely Erickson, but uh, Larkin could be out from an injury sustained today in practice. Assassination where, attempt. Yeah, where Blashell just said he basically crumpled into the boards trying to, uh, he got the puck, curled up, tried dodging helm and ran into the boards. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there was that. Athanasiu, nothing has really been explained about what's wrong with him. I think Blashell said again today he has a minor tweak, um, which to me means nothing. And then uh, Jonathan Erickson has uh, a tissue issue. So... Uh, that yeah, it's a, a tissue. Take that as like, you will. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. That just means that he's too weak to to play right now. So <laughs> your your defensive pairings will will most likely be Philip Peronic, Danny DeKaiser, uh, Patrick Nemeth, Mike Green, Madison Bowie, and either Trevor Daly or Dennis Chalowski. But I'm guessing Daly will be scratched. Yeah, that'd be my assumption. I mean, Chalowski had a fantastic preseason. I thought Bowie looked he good. He's showing both ends of the ice. I mean, to be honest, with what they've got, that top six is not very upsetting for me. No, and even Nemeth. Nemeth is like a, a goddamn he had a great wall. preseason. He's a wall out there, and it's insane. So I'm not sure... I'm not sure what happens with Erickson. I mean, we can all say what we hope happens with Erickson is that he's just placed on LTIR and he's out of the way. But what I think is going to end up happening is your, your eventual extras will be Erickson and daily, but I I'm really hoping nothing is long uh, wrong with Larkin. I'm really hoping he can play opening night because if he can't, I mean, I I think he needs a full season this season. Same with Athanasiu. I think Athanasiu has a kind of, prove that he can keep doing what he was doing kind of year mm-hmm. and work on his defense, but not playing in the first few games is not a great start. So no, no, well, I mean, but I'll tell you what here, this, and this is an interesting question. If Larkin can't go, do you call up Bellino? No, no. If Larkin can't go, you've got extras already on the roster. Yeah. If Larkin's not in, then you've got De La Rose or in moving into that fourth role. Yep, and then and you you're moving someone up. Nielsen or, yeah. Yeah, Philpola becomes your top-line center at that point. Most likely, or they rotate between him and Glenn Denning. Yeah. <laughs> you, you laugh, but that's exactly what the hell is going to happen. Glenny was on the second line during practice yesterday. So, yeah, so I, I think that if Larkin can't start the season, you're, we're not starting very strong. Not that I'm... I think we're going to start very strong anyways, but um, Larks would be a big, a big miss for that opening night. But is the roster what you kind of expected it would be at this point? Unfortunately, there yeah, were a I, lot of 
there were a lot of angry people online because Iserman did say all spots are open and all jobs are going to be earned. And then we kind of ended up with the same thing as last season. That's up to Iserman to decide or, or, or you know, the, the staff to decide. And if they just they didn't think that those those young guys put people out of out of spots and enough to to burn a year of the entry level or, or at least give the eight games. Well, you know what? Then, then that's what it is. We have the roster that we have right now. And Max Boltman and, and all the guys that were predicting this roster are pretty much dead on. You know, and some of them, I believe, didn't have Chalosky on the team. But I was surprised Chalosky made the team. I'm glad he made the team. I, I told you before, I believe it was, it was sometime during the summer, one of our dead air podcasts, we were talking about the team and the roster, what it could look like. And I said, if Chalosky and Hironic aren't both on on the deep on the back end, we have serious problems because both of those guys are better than just about everybody else we have out there. Oh yeah, yeah totally. I, I agree with that, and I think Max did. I think Max, the only one he had on, uh, I don't think he really missed on anyone. I think he had Chalowski on the opening night roster when a lot of people didn't. Yeah, I think and I. I just think everybody else didn't. And, and I no, they didn't. Big. No, I know. I know. Yeah. Helene had wasn't counting Chalowski in because of the way he finished out last season. So that was more of a assumption, just because of the way he played out that the seasoning needed to be there. I think that was more of the Ken Holland mindset, essentially making its way more, out with that one. So, is there a hmm? more conservative woman in the world when it comes to blogging about the Red Wings? Well, she gets paid basically to say yeah. nice things about the wings. So yeah, but like the the freep beat writers are uh, historically homers yeah. on things because they're 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 paid to say nice things about the Red Wings. Well, at I mean, least they engage and don't block people for at having them try to ask a question. Yeah, like raise your hand if you're blocked by Ansar Khan. Like I think it's freaking eighty percent of Twitter, he's tweeting at no one right now. Is what's happening. Probably um, bot but, accounts. Yeah, but we have to actually uh, take a second to congratulate our friend Max Boltman and uh, Prashant over at the Athletic are getting their own Red Wings podcast. The Wings called, after breakfast, I think. Uh, I think it's Wings for breakfast or something Wings. like that. It was yeah. very, very catchy. It was, it was very nice. I liked it. Yeah, they're going to get their own podcast, so congratulations to them. They deserve it. You only get a podcast if you predicted the opening night roster correctly. So, <laughs> the, uh, they, they have creative names over at The Athletic. The Michigan podcast is Run Past Michigan instead of RPO, it's RPM. Yeah, um, I, I know Craig Cussens is the full 60. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, the, the Athletic's doing really well, and we like the guys over there, so. Wings for breakfast, and it's a beautiful little photo of uh, the winged wheel covered on with uh, syrup, and it looks like a pancake. It's fantastic. They did oh, well. delicious. Good. Um, oh. But do you guys have anything else on the opening night roster? I mean, it's kind of uh, – we've seen it before. We know what it is. Uh, I, Not a whole there, lot. No. If we don't, we can go to the dumb comment that I've seen. Oh, God. Oh, no, is you're it right, on Facebook? Because I have avoided that. So <laughs> I got out of that group because it's the fucking plague to my ears and eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was pretty bad. 
It's uh, so this is regarding Steve Eiserman. All right. I was pissed before he was hired because I knew he was Holland 2.0 built Tampa the same way. And they could not finish the job. Now they're up against the cap. He made promises of competition in camp and the best players will win the spot. All smoke. He says, Steve Eiserman is Ken Holland 2.0. Oh God. And did he actually watch what Tampa did when he got in church? Uh, apparently not because he made up some other numbers, basically saying everyone has Iserman glasses on and said that Stevie did nothing with the defense in Tampa. And that the average age of the defense was like 34 and he already had Stamkos. And I think he said Hedman when he got there, but I mean, he drafted Kucherov. He drafted Vasilevsky. He drafted Braden point brought in uh, Sergachev. Yeah got rid of uh got rid of people that he needed to get rid of i mean and and i went back one of the best days in hockey i went back and in the 2017 2018 season the average age of tampa's defense was 26 years old that year the defense accounted for 180 points and was a combined plus 109 they're still only average they're 28 now detroit's defense in 2017 18 uh, was had a combined 126 points and a combined negative 44, a minus 44 for Detroit's defense. You cannot tell me that Ken Holland and Steve Eiserman built the same defense. There's absolutely zero similarity between what Holland did in Detroit and what Eiserman did in Tampa. Absolutely none. You know, Greg's pissed off about a comment when he starts actually quoting plus minus. And I even put in here plus minus is generally a bad stat, but like plus one Oh (laughs) nine for your decor is an incredible number. I just don't get how you can say even looking at their current defensive makeup, Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, Kevin Shattenkirk, Mikhail shirt, Sergachev, Eric Zernak, like all those names, they got Brayden Coburn still back there. All of these dudes, half of them are, top tier defensemen that you would be top two on almost majority of the teams in the league. Hedman has always been one of the best McDonough. He's kind of had a step off, but he's still one of the best. Shattenkirk is a toss. Yeah. This kind of reclamation project for him. Kevin Shattenkirk is Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah. He's, he's still better than part of the, our defense Coburn. He's just kind of been, been around. He's been a journeyman. Sergachev was a fantastic trade in my opinion to bring him in. He was a top draft pick. He's only 21 years old. We're not going to talk about Witkowski and Eric Cernak. He's only 22 years old. I mean, they, they are in a perfect position. I don't understand how you think that. It's it is not Steve Eiserman's fault that the Tampa Bay Lightning did not win the Stanley Cup. And they're it not is, even in cap hell. Exactly. It is the player performance, and I could even put some of it on John Cooper as to why they didn't win. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, of course he hires the, the, the GM hires the coach and whatever, but Cooper, I mean, come on, John Cooper's taken that team to the playoffs. I think every year that he's been there. So it's, it's a no brainer to keep him around. And I'm just, I, I read those statements and I like, there's no way that you watch these games that you've even seen what they've done. You're just mad because Iserman didn't play like he said, Rasmussen needs to be on this team or that uh, Cider should have made it over Jonathan Erickson. So, 
I mean, is he right? I guess in a perfect world where we didn't care about Partly, player yeah. development. Sure. But you can't tell me that Holland and Iserman are the same, basically the same person. That's just not even fair. No, let me put this in perspective. Look at Toronto and their cap situation and the players that they have signed to long-term deals right now with Matthews and Tavares, both making plus 10 million a year. Then you look at Tampa Bay. You have two of the arguably top 10 players in the league, maybe top 20, depending on how you want to take it. And Kucherov and Stamkos signed at 9.5 and 8.5 million a year, respectively. The third best player who's one of the top young talents in the league, Braden Point, six seven five for three years. How, how is that cap hell? It's not. It's and not. Then your yeah. top defensemen are 7.8 and 6.7, and the rest are less than two. They were talking about this on Spit and Chicklets. Uh, free plug there. Uh, <laughs> they, were, they were talking about the Atlantic, or, well, yeah, they were sort of talking about the uh, Braden Point contract. And, like, yeah, Braden Point got some money, but, like, if you think about it, their tax situation kind of gives them a bit of an advantage where, like, in Detroit, they might have to pay more to keep a guy where the taxes in Tampa would, would be less. Yeah, which but I yeah. think in the next CBA, they're going to do something about that. I, 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 Even the playing field on that somehow. Yep. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that that's, uh, that's, that's been something that they've been talking about for a little bit now. Yeah, but if you look at the quality of players that Tampa has – and then uh, as to what they are paid, and then you look at the quality of players that Toronto has at what they are paid, like Toronto's pretty screwed in a little bit because, you know, they have like 50% of their cap and like four, like five guys. So that's, yeah. So that was one of the other arguments is like, well, look how many rookies the the Leafs are playing. They got four rookies on their opening night roster. It's be- and it's because they can't pay anyone else. They just gave all of their money to Mitch Marner. Who you who have three you guys get? making north of ten point eight million dollars a year. Exactly. So like all your other guys need to be making uh, like two million dollars and under. So you can't, you cannot complain that, Oh, Tampa knows what they're doing. They got four rookies. Well, they had to play four rookies and they didn't get them in because they were ready. They got them in because they're cheap. That's why they're doing it. So that was kind of the one dumb comment that really made me angry this week. And I'm sure, I mean, it's hockey season. There's going to be a million more terrible comments that come up. Is that our idiot of the week? Uh, yeah, that's our idiot. Our idiot. We're bringing that back, right? Yeah, that's what it's going to be. I, I mean, idiots may, might be harsh. That's our uh, unintelligent hockey comment of the week. So, Is it really harsh research. when it's true, though? No, it's funny because it's true. But <laughs> do your research before you go start spouting stuff because when people prove you wrong and you just shut up because you're wrong, doesn't look good. So that's kind of what he did. I'll happily, happily be wrong, but not that just plain stupid. Yeah, but at least back up your point with some facts or something. God. Oh, well, people just like to people just like to uh, be the opposite of everybody else. Everybody else is happy with Eisenman, happy that he was a little bit conservative, maybe trusting his plan, trusting his plan, that kind of thing. I mean, we're what three, four months into it. Come on, come on, man, relax, relax. Yeah, that's that's all we need. Like, take a deep breath. Hockey's almost here. Just oh. calm down. Let the season come to us and, and see what happens when the season starts. 
because I mean, four or five games in Daly's leg could fall off and then we could have to call someone up or Mike Green's liver could explode and we might have to call someone up. So, I mean, there's going to be moves. Kids will make it onto the team. It just is going to take a little bit of time and it should take a little bit of time. And God, watch the fan base explode when the first defensive call up is Brian Lashoff. Oh my God. Why do you got to put hate on people like that? <laughs> it's, I mean, that's what's going to happen. The, someone's going to go down. They're going to call up Brian Lashoff and people are going to go insane. There's without, no way that Lashoff is the top call up. Or the first absolutely call, absolutely yeah, he no, is because then they know that that's a guy they can bring up and send back down and he's not gonna get claimed yep absolutely he is the first call because joe hicketts if you bring him in he's got to be sent back down that was another thing that happened all our people uh passed waivers so no one was claimed um but yeah joe hicketts if if he's waiver uh not waiver exempt anymore I mean, neither is Lashoff, but Lashoff's not going to get claimed off waivers. No one wants to do that to themselves. So, but that was another thing that happened. And I think we'll move on to that, that second part that happened this last couple of days is there were a surprising amount of decent players waived or players that uh, were surprised their fan bases that they were waived. So I think the biggest name was Josh Hosang. And I would have been ecstatic if the wings would have taken a flyer on Hosang because the guy has a ton of potential. There's just the issue of people say he has attitude problems, which I don't think is an issue for the Red Wings. No, I don't either. No, they say that the Red Wings are a team that a guy like Hosang could go to and they would be able to kind of work the attitude out of him because they have a strong locker room culture. So uh, Hosang, though, passed through waivers. Another guy that was on waivers was Sven Berchi, and that was another one everyone was mad about. And I wouldn't have minded taking a flyer on Sven Berchi either. He could have, I mean, either one of those guys could have come in and jumped right in the lineup and outperformed someone that's actually on the roster without having to sacrifice, like we've said, an ELC year for the kids. I would say our entire bottom six. Our entire bottom eight. Yeah. (laughs) Our entire bottom, our entire bottom eight. Like I've said for a while, we've got a first line, uh, a, and one player on a second line and the rest is kind of up in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, there, there was some surprising players on waivers. Casey DeSmith. Yeah. Casey DeSmith, the Penguins rookie goaltender, was on waivers, and he didn't get claimed either, which I was that was extremely surprising. No, the, the guys that you named are the ones that were most intriguing to me. Sam Gagne actually surprised me in Edmonton because uh, that could end up being a dumpster fire. The, they had <laughs> Real their quick. Line, their line rushes the other day, to put it into perspective. Obviously, you had McDavid as your 1C. On his side, I believe it was James Neal on one wing, and on the other wing was Thomas Yurko. Yeah, uh, Holland got Yurko and Shan. So yeah. I'm just waiting for him to at, call up asking for Darren Helm. That's where like the Sam Gagne sitting down just blows my mind because he he's the Tomic reminds me of Thomas Vanek a little bit, and ironically enough, they played together. But uh, the con- when you like put the him- consummate pro. 
the consummate pro, but when you put him with really good players, he makes them better. I don't know. That's how he looked in that his short time with uh, Columbus like two years ago. I'm surprised they didn't bring him back. He was more of a stopgap for him because of how their roster was at the time. But that that one, I think, of the veterans surprised me the most. Yeah, and I, there were names out there. Who was the what was the other name that people were bringing up? Someone brought it up to us earlier. Was it Spooner? Or no, no. Sprong. Daniel Sprong. Yeah, Daniel Sprong was out there too. Yeah, Daniel Sprong was also waived, and that that surprised a lot of people. But mm-hmm. there there weren't really any – there was one claim, and it wasn't a surprising – I mean, it wasn't a big-name claim off of waivers. But all the guys that people were surprised got waived, none of them uh, were picked up, which led a lot of people to say basically that the NHL is an old boys club. And there's like secret agreements that if we waive these people, no one's going to pick them up. And that's just how the league goes, which I think is kind of BS, but – you know, every league is like that, really. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't uh, Bobby Mack that tweeted that out, that everyone's likely to go unclaimed, but don't be surprised if you see some trades in lieu of that because of the, the roster limits. Yeah, but I mean, it's and even then, I, even if <coughs> I said, man, I really like Josh Hosang and he's on waivers, but roster limits are kind of screwing me. I'm waving one of my garbage guys and picking him up. Yeah, I'm totally. swapping people off. If I can get him for nothing, why would I wait until the waiver process is done and then give you something for him? That makes no sense to me. That that was a perfect opportunity to bring in a guy like that and get rid of Dale Rose or wave Dale Rose and put him down there at Grand Rapids. Yeah, that or Christopher N. Yeah, I mean, I, one I of would, the two. I would keep N over Dale Rose. Yeah, but you know, Dale Rose, hundred percent healthy now, so. I'd rather he'll, have he'll get, and, and I'd definitely rather have Adam Ernie. I'm so glad he was able to make the team as well. Speaking there was of, no way Adam Ernie was finally not. The Red Wings uh, catching up with the times here today. Oh, yeah. They put out their Bert, uh, Bert, Bert and Ernie picture. at it right now, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Adam Ernie uh, did a Twitter AMA today, and I asked the age-old question, is a hot dog a sandwich? And he said yes. So he is like a very he's a very smart individual. It's not but it is not a sandwich. It is a sandwich. Is connected. That is not a sandwich. So when your when your hey, hot dog Greg. bun breaks, does it then become a sandwich? Hey Greg, I mean you could technically say that, but if you're having a hot dog bun that breaks, then you have a shitty bun. Uh, moving on, I agree with Tyler. Adam Ernie, um, the dude's a bulldozer out there, and I think yes. he's gonna get. He's going to get second and third line time, and he's going to prove uh, basically that Tampa should have probably played him a little higher or a little more than they did. You can't really fault them for not doing so, though. Like, I, I think I said it was the last pod that I kind of got yelled at for that I compared him to an actually good advocator. Speaking of advocator, is that did you see the quote from Blaschel saying that he pretty much wants him to play on the edge of recklessness? Yeah. Did you see the quote from Blaschel basically saying that Abdulkader scored points and we know he can do it again. It's in him to do it. So we need him to just go out there and just be really good and score points. Do you yeah, have I- a Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg <laughs> top line with him on the, on the wing again to have no. just sit in front of the net and clean up the trash? Nope. 
Mm, weird. Yeah. No, we are not going back to that. I, I I refuse to see number eight out there with number seventy one and number thirty nine. I do prepare not prepare yourself, Tyler. It's gonna happen. I, I do not need Ryan. If I am sitting next to you at the home <laughs> opener, and I I am getting up and I am going to the bathroom and I am going to do something else, then fucking sit there and watch that garbage. I'll that took a really weird dark turn. <laughs> I'll, 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 walk, I'll walk around the arena. I'll go sit in the Kid Rock bar. I am not going to sit. And it's a pretty cool place. You're going to like it. Oh I'm man, line. You would rather listen to Kid Rock than watch Justin Abdelkader play with uh, Anthony Mantha and Dylan Larkin? Yes, because his skating is terrible. He skating, what else is terrible? Season. There's no way he can keep up with those guys nowadays. Uh, Every Everyone worked out all offseason. What are you talking about? He's, he, 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 he is get wide open one-timers and missed the net like by five feet. All he's talked about is how he worked on his explosiveness and his speed to catch up with all these young bucks. And let me just tell you something. I am not one of these guys that hates Justin Abdelkader. I'm sure he's a great guy off of the ice. He seems like he'd be a good teammate. You know, he goes to battle. He likes to, you know, mix it up a little bit. He's physical. We hate his contract. We don't hate the player. We hate the contract. If, if Of all the guys on the, on the roster this year – he is the one that I hope eats, makes me eat the most crow with his performance this season. Yeah, I think you've said that before. Abdulkader is a fourth-line guy making, I don't know. 4.25 million a year. I'm saying that Abdulkader is a fourth-line guy making one mil, one and a half million, two million a year is probably acceptable. Mm-hmm. Abdulkader as a fourth-liner making over $4 million a year is borderline insane. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ken Holland should be in jail, but it's, it, and again, he, he made the lineup. He made the lineup because Jeff Blaschel has faith in Justin Abdicator. So we'll see where that takes us. But uh, if you are going to the home opener, you get the happy time of seeing Jonathan Bernier in net. Uh, Jimmy Howard will be playing the first game of the season in Nashville and Bernier will be playing the home opener in Detroit. I guess the thought behind that is that Nashville is a tougher team. So they want to put the better goaltender up against a tougher team and, you know, just let Bernier flail in the wind against Dallas on what well, we all cry on Sunday. They've spent all off season with the goaltenders, you know, sitting at home and doing all this and, and, you know, obviously training and stuff like that. Now they've played, you know, a couple exhibition games here and there. Why the fuck can't Jimmy Howard, I don't care how old he is, he's been a number one goaltender most of his career. Why the fuck can't he play the first two games of the season? I don't care if it's back-to-back. This is the part I don't understand. It's like... The season starts, a guy that has been here for a long period of time has to play in Nashville and then watch his counterpart shit down his leg on Sunday against Dallas while we all watch and cry? Like, <laughs> give me Jimmy Howard two nights in a row over Jonathan Bernier. I, I, like, Jimmy Howard's tough as nails. He can, he can deal with playing two nights in a row. I don't care. Yeah, but he could be think- under some hell against Nashville. Yeah, I think our friend uh, 
beer league chump said it best is basically it's, it's almost like they're going to play Howard and maximize his value while reducing his workload, therefore his risk of injury so that they can trade him at the trade deadline. So that if Larson comes out of the gates and just kills it, you want the smallest amount of chance for Howard to hurt himself Right. So that he can be traded at the deadline for some actual decent assets. So you, you think I if think he's traded, do you think it's Pickard or Larson that gets called up to rem- for the remainder of the year, or do you think they rotate between them? Well, I guess it depends on how Larson is doing in in Grand Rapids. If Larson's sure. just lights out, then call Larson up and give him kind of the Carter Hart treatment. But if if Pickard if Larson's kind of flailing a little bit and Pickard's doing better. Then call Pickard up, or call Pickard up, play Bernie as the starter, Pickard as the backup, and then give Larson that that full time job in GR. But if Larson's right. killing it, give him the car, uh, give him the heart treatment. I like that idea. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, I, I mean, it, it's just like the thing that I say, and, and this is this is just going to be one of those things that you guys are like, no, 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 no. But like having a veteran like Jimmy Howard, even if he is. Like, I'm not saying Bernier is expendable because obviously nobody wants Bernier. I'm not saying he's expendable at all. I'm just saying I would almost rather have Jimmy Howard be backing up Larson at some point, not Bernier backing up Larson or, or, you know, them rotating. I just feel like it would be, it would look much better and it would, Larson would learn a lot more from Jimmy Howard than he would from Jonathan Bernier, in my opinion. I think yeah. what what situation you see if if they end up dealing Howard is bringing in Larson and then in the off season because this is Bernie's last year, right? He's got two more years at three million. So you leave Bernier with Larson for a year and then you sign a veteran backup, or you deal Jimmy Howard, uh, let Jimmy Howard go somewhere for a playoff run or something, and then sign him back and just tell him he's going to be a backup. I mean, that's all dependent on whether or not Jimmy Howard wants to be a backup goalie. Yeah. And how much longer he's going to be doing this. You know, I mean, exactly. Not, so the youngest guy in the world. I mean, Jimmy Howard could say next season, well, I've got a groin made of glass and I need to retire. And he could just retire. That could happen. That could, it's fully possible that Jimmy Howard just calls it quits after the season. Do I think that's going to happen? No, but I mean, it's possible. So would I rather have um would I rather have Jimmy Howard back up Larson? Yes. Do I think that Jimmy Howard at age what's he going to be 37? He's 35 now, so So he'll be 36 next season. Do I think Jimmy Howard at 36 is going to want to move to a backup role? Probably not, but you could make him the offer, he could tell you no and you could move on. He could go somewhere else. So I don't None of us know how it's going to happen, but I I just don't see Jimmy Howard saying, okay, I, I concede I'm going to go to a backup goalie role. Right. I don't think he would. He's been for his whole career has been the starter with the exception of the first two years. So it's, it's his team for lack of better words. And unless he's going to be hurt, if he's healthy coming into this year, like kind of like he did last year, there's no way he's going to accept that unless he really starts to struggle toward the end of the season. So Tyler, I think you're SOL on that idea. On what idea? 
Jimmy Howard backing up Larson. I mean, I'm that that's the idea that I like the most. Now, I like it, but like we said, I don't think that that Howard's at 36 going to want to jump into a backup goalie role. Well, then you got to get rid of Bernier too. I guess yeah. it just depends on on what he what he he wants to do. If he wants to do it, then that, that that's what it's going to be. Because what do you do with Bernie? Move him down to Grand Rapids? I mean, you no probably, way. You could probably trade him. You don't think? Okay. I mean, maybe. I haven't seen enough in Jonathan Bernier to, to say how much trade value. I mean, I've seen enough of Jonathan Bernier, but not enough to say he's have. got. He's got a decent, decent amount of trade value that that someone's gonna want him. Do you remember when yeah. he was a highly touted prospect by the LA Kings? Yeah. Do you remember when Thomas Yurko was a highly touted prospect? Do you remember think, when Brendan Smith was a highly touted prospect or Riley Shan? He overrated a lot of those guys, to be honest with you. Well, well no everyone shit. else, everyone, yeah, everyone <laughs> else jumped in and agreed, huh? Well, no, I'm, uh, I'm just saying. I mean, Yurko's hands were insane. You guys remember those videos that, that came out, and then they yeah, he was a U- he was a YouTube player. That's what that's, he was. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. And and his hands were ridiculous. And so everyone's like, oh, well, he lit it up in in Halifax, so he's gonna light it up in Detroit. And then it just it never really happened for him. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we had a lot of those lately. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So it's about time we start churning out some players that actually are impact. Yeah, let's hope uh, Zadina just lights it up and comes out of his funk and lights it up in Grand Rapids and just kind of takes off and can be one of the first people called up because he's, he's going down there and he's probably going to be pretty pissed. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, this was supposed to be his year that he was going to make the team out of camp and he just he didn't do it. Was it though? Well, yeah. I mean, no, it he was. Said he, was gonna, he said he was going to make the team last year out of camp, but it didn't happen. Not because of what he didn't do; they just they really didn't have room for him. And at this point, this was supposed to be the year that he was going to take a spot. And they brought in Adam Ernie, and they brought in um, you know some guys, and those guys beat him out, flat out. They beat him out. So I mean, take that for what you will. I mean, maybe he's a late bloomer, but. I'm starting to get a little worried about Zadina. I'm not going to Oh, lie. I'm not. He's I'm not worried in the Guys, the only reason I say this, and I'm not saying this is a hot take. I'm not saying that I don't think he can still be good. Getting there. I'm just a little worried because <laughs> everybody said that he was going to be an impact player. Maybe not an impact player right away, but he was going to make the team out of camp the first year. And I thought for sure he was going to make the team out of camp this year, and we still don't see him. That's the part that starts to worry me a little bit. I... I can't say that. So what I'll say about that is that Philip Zadina showed everything that I think that he needed to in preseason besides just scoring a bazillion goals. And he was, I'd say he's close. He's real close. He just needs to start scoring goals. And and once he does it, and, and again, it's, he's in his own head. He's pressuring himself way too hard. He has all this pressure on him of being a first-round pick, trying to back up the stuff that he said, which is really his own fault. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just him with, with all the pressure, and he's in his head. And once he gets out of there and once he scores one, I mean, the floodgates could open. But I am not worried in the slightest about Zadina because, it, like Ryan said, Zadina's 19 years old. He's a kid. 
he's a kid and all the talent's there and every article written about him it says all the talent is there and he's shown the talent and the flashes of greatness he just has not put the puck in the net when he when he sh- not what even when he should have but it just it hasn't gone in for him and it will it'll go in for him it's just a, a matter of when it starts so but i think when it starts you're not going to be able to turn it off which is exactly what we need Right. I mean, he's, you can't forget his rookie year at Grand Rapids, some elite prospects, because I was curious what the points were again. 35 points in 59 games. Not fantastic, but he still had 16 goals, 19 assists. And he's been showing more, especially through prospect camp and in preseason. The dude is a genius with the puck. He's and smooth. He, he's not scoring, but he's setting people up. And it's starting then to your point, Greg, it's starting to click like the prospect tournament. He had what? Five assists, all primary assists. Yep. And half of those, I think were to Valeno scoring goals. So yep. if, yes, he's here to score goals. I hope he's not a goose to a Nyquist 2.0 where he's a dish master and will sometimes hopefully get to 20 goals. But if he's bringing that aspect aspect now, that's crossed that off the list. Now he just needs, once he starts scoring, we're set. He's already put shown that he can play a 200 foot game. He's strong on the puck. So, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, I think already, but I, I don't think at 19, you can call Zadina a bust or could you say, maybe not living up to expectation. I'll give you that, but I'm not, he, with the state of this team, I'm not worried about it. no, and and I don't think and, and that's the whole thing is when he was originally scouted, he, he was scouted as a pure goal scorer. And right. to show that he has the moves with the puck now that he's got or the defensive mindset or the back check or the 200 foot game is just extra on top of what what people said he he basically didn't have. He's showing that he's becoming a complete player, which is phenomenal. So, as, like I said, I'm not worried because as soon as the pucks start going in the net, I don't think they're going to stop. So that's another reason I'm getting the AHL packages so I can watch Zadina's development throughout the season. But I think we're going to wrap up here uh, in just a few seconds, and we'll start with final thoughts uh, with you, Ryan. Uh, final thoughts. Hockey starts officially tomorrow or today if you're listening, if this is getting pushed out on Wednesday. It but, will be Wednesday. Uh, there we go. So hockey starts, wings start this weekend. Got back-to-back nights, which is mildly unfortunate. Sounds like we will all be there on Sunday, and I can't wait. I'm going to have some slumber parties with Tyler this weekend, and <laughs> it's 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 going to be some good times. I can't. It's 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 fun. Uh, Twitter's Twitter. RD Ryan thirty three. I I think I forgot that last time, but nobody really. <laughs> well, I agree. I mean, I can't believe hockey is here. We didn't even really have the time to preview the first game there against Nashville. But, I mean, they're they're obviously a team that lost to Dallas in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. So they have a lot of high expectations. They brought Matt Duchesne in. And so we'll see. what We'll see. We'll get the best of them right away. I mean, that's, that's going to be a good team. And then Dallas on Sunday, you had Sagan and Ben. And then they brought in um, – uh, Corey, Corey Perry. God help our freaking soul. Corey Perry <laughs> kills us. Um, but I mean, it's 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 exciting that hockey starts. I'm excited to watch the games tomorrow night. Uh, even though these baseball wild card games have some money invested in me, so 
Um, but I'm excited for sure. I can't wait. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. I mean, hockey's back, like back, back, officially back. And the Red Wings are tied for first place in the league right now. So if they can just keep that going, that would be phenomenal. N- nice <laughs> but, plug on that one. Dear God. Yeah, the records are all zero, zero, <laughs> and zero. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where we're at. I, just hang in there. It's going to be – we're going to say it's going to be a rough season. And all, all I'm hoping folks. for – yeah, all I'm hoping for is 60 minutes of competition every night. Uh, you still, we're still going to lose those one goal games. There's still going to be blowouts, but I want to see 60 minutes of competition. I want to see people develop, and at that point, I will be extremely happy. But you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, uh, the Radio.com app, iHeartRadio. Anywhere you can listen to sounds, we're, I think, almost there. So uh, you can also go to howieshockeytape.com and use the promo code GRINDLINE to get 10% off your orders from howieshockeytape.com. And go to our merch store, redbubble.com slash people slash the GRINDLINE. And all of our stuff, I believe, is still 10% off which I think we're going to be getting probably some pretty cool pictures soon. I know Jen is buying shirts for some of the guys in Grand Rapids. So we'll nice. see, we might get some pictures of uh, Joe Hicketts or, or Joe Valeno wearing our merch. So we'll That'd see. That'd be fantastic. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, but for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. Stay classy, Hockey Town.